Hey, expats and travelers, welcome to this week's episode sponsored by WorldPost.io, the virtual mailbox service powered by Anytime Mailbox. We'll get to the features and benefits a little later. If you're interested in becoming an expat, whether you're moving to Portugal or another overseas location, I highly recommend you get your finances in order before you move. Yes, it's actually really important that you do it before you go. I know when we first got started, we did not do it that way. But if we knew John McNertney at Green Ocean Global, we would have gone to him as he's someone that is Lisbon-based and he is experienced with expat financial challenges. So he's a go-to person that we recommend. Right, he can help you with long-term investments, financial systems, and international taxes. And he's actually helped us and producer Dan has used him to explore what it would be like to move abroad and see if it would fit his family's current financial situation. I think what's great about him is that he gives you personalized plans. He will look into your unique situation and he'll help you out. And this is honestly what's super necessary because we get tax questions and finance questions on the YouTube channel and literally no background from the person that's asking us the question. So now we've started to point people to John. Right, because everyone is different and everyone has their own unique situation. So you need an expert to help you out. All right, so visit greenoceanglobal.net for contact information and further assistance. Check out the show notes below. Hello, and welcome, my emerging expat. You're tuned in to Let's Move to Portugal. I'm producer Dan, and I have the distinct honor of bringing you YouTube travelers and our resident Portugal experts, expats everywhere's Josh and Kaylee. Each week, they'll inspire, they'll educate, and they'll accompany you on your journey to Portuguese residency. This week on Let's Move to Portugal, Josh and Kaylee immerse themselves in the sun-drenched streets and historic allure of Rimini, a city where beachfront beauty meets ancient history. Join them as they ponder the walkability, accessibility, and the ultimate question, would they expat that? What is up, expats and travelers alike? Welcome back to the Expats Everywhere Presents. Let's move to Portugal podcast where we're not actually talking directly about Portugal because... We're in Italy. We're in Italy. We're on a winter road trip, if you will, because our young daughter is on school break and we like to travel whenever she's on break. Otherwise, she will break us mentally <laughs> in the home. So we have, uh, we've been kind of uh, noting our adventure through a variety of lesser known cities and towns of Italy. Now, last episode, if you were here, we actually touched upon a completely different country that is within Italy. It's not Vatican City, but it is San Marino. Yes. So in the northern part of Italy, uh, of course, closer to San Marino, one of the goals on this trip was to check it out, check out some of the little micronations around Europe. And this one isn't the easiest to get to, but we figured out a route. And so we figured we would talk to you about Italy, about San Marino, tell you what the towns and the cities are like, if they're livable, if they're worth a visit, and if there's any comparison in Portugal to them so you can get an idea if you live in Portugal already or if you've been in Portugal and you want to kind of get a visual idea or a vibe. I love the word vibe. vibe. We can talk about a comparison. So this is the last one on the trip. Yes, we nice. hope to make some good connections for you. And uh, yeah, let's have fun with this. So Ramini, raise your hand if you've ever heard of that one. 
<laughs> no, actually, we do have a friend in Porto that uh, when I mentioned going to Rimini, he knew where it was. Anthony? No, Matthew. Ooh. Oh, Matthew. Okay. You know where it was uh, because of, uh, I think he said it was not an artist, a musician. I don't know. Some, something having to do with Ramini. Ramini is a musician. No, Ramini is definitely a city. No, but they're from the city uh, or there's oh, like something. A- there's something that it's it's famous for. And so he knew actually the Italian city of Ramini because gotcha. of uh, this person. I gotcha. can't remember what this person did. Okay. Well, we also have a friend, Anthony, who has visited Rimini and uh, did not speak well of it, <laughs> yeah. but he visited He visited years ago. Um, his job took him there. He worked for MTV. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, Where's if it? that tells you anything actually about Rimini, which I think it could, we MTV just didn't... MTV goes there or went there? Yeah, right? Yeah. We didn't experience the uh, MTV vibes in Ramini, but I could see how in the summer it would be like that. Right. We were in the off season. So it's very much so. It's interesting. It's not just a beach place. I think right. that you could think it is if you only stay to the beach area because the beach area does have a like that total like, yeah, maybe uh, spring break feel, you yeah. know, if you want to put it in that perspective. Yeah. For our American audience, I think that... What comes to mind, and granted, we're trying to compare North America and Europe, which does not ever work. Um, we're trying no, we're to. We're going to do it. We're going. We're going to do it though. <laughs> I think it's like a savanna. I think you've got you've got kind of the coastal beach side of savanna, and then you have the old city charm, the downtown charm. That yeah. that would be my closest. I wouldn't say it's like uh, Daytona or Myrtle Beach in the sense that okay well, maybe the beach area the beach area, area is totally you've got like, like that, that but yeah, those, there's more to it yeah those cities don't have old towns right yeah if you want to just think about the beach area those are good ways of putting yeah. in your head like what it's like because they're yeah. totally set up for for that it's like all the 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 the, the shacks on the beach yeah. that will have like drinks and food and places to play that are like literally on the sand yes they can get you out. Um, just spending your whole day on the sand. Yeah, and comparing it, at least the beach, comparing it to places in Portugal, it it would would not be like really any of the beaches in Portugal, uh, throwing out a few, Nazaré, where the, the big waves are. Um, you could, I winter. guess you could say it's a little bit like that with the way that, that has that beach vibe. No, but... but Ramini's way bigger. It's way bigger, developed. but that's what I, I mean. Yeah, okay. It's just I get way that. bigger and more developed, and it feels um, not commercial in the in like the um, commerce the the, like the brands brands. Sense. Yeah, yeah. But it's commercial in the sense that like you have a lot of amenities, whether it be bars, restaurants, and such, to do your thing. And it's lined with big like several hotels, hotel after hotel. Yep. That face the water. So it's grander. It's bigger than what a Nazaré would be. But I would say it is a decent comparison with the feel, the beach feel of, along the sure. water. You know? Yeah. I disagree. But yeah. if you're going to go with a feel of like uh, what could compare uh, to like a Portuguese city to Ramini, maybe you would say something like a Nazaré. Well, I'm just going to – vibes. I'm going to go ahead and say it, that I was doing research on Ramini and it was dubbed the Miami of Europe. What the yeah, Miami I didn't of Europe? Tell you this no, until just now. Yeah, uh, can you believe that? Who dubbed it that? I, I don't know. Like a blogger, or was it like no. it's actually like that? No, thing. I mean, 
No, I mean, that's the thing. It's like often referred to as the Miami of Europe. I think that's a bit of a stretch, but I can I can see how there's similarities. Yes. But there, it, it's, a, it's a bit of a stretch. I mean, Miami's it's a huge stretch. flashier. Yeah, and, exactly. Um, well, again, we didn't see it in the summer, so maybe. So Miami has an all-year-round uh, warmth where, like, legit, you could visit the beach all year round apart from maybe hurricane season. Ramini, <laughs> yeah. that's not the case. Ramini has an off season and it has very much a peak season, which happens in the summer and many Europeans will go there for a beach holiday. Now, in the off season, we were told by hotel staff here that um, it is a great time to visit because you can actually kind of get around and breathe. Walk and stuff, yeah. There were, there were definitely There are definitely people here. For sure. Um, but yeah, you imagine it's just packed in the summer. Yeah. Now the beach area is really cool and you could stick to that, but then there's this walking path through like this yeah, big park area nice. that gets you down into the downtown, uh, old city, yeah, it was, which it, it took us about 20, 20 minutes, minutes 20 the minutes other day. Walking. Yep. And, uh, it's a whole, it feels like a whole other, I'm going to say vibe again. No, it does. It like, is. It's, it's, it's old its own vibe. city. Uh, feel so I actually really like that about Romania. You've got the same city, but two different feels. So I would say during the summer, maybe you wouldn't go to the beach area. Like if you live there, yeah, you wouldn't want to. If if you live yeah here in Romania, you wouldn't live near the beach. I'd say uh, because it's probably crazy, right? You wouldn't want to live by the beach, correct? Because the summer is probably crazy, but you could definitely live near the old city. That would be or a in the old city. Well, it's it's place. funny that you mentioned like live by the old city because Ramini is very multifaceted in that it does have the beach, it has the old city, and then around both of the two, you have uh, a lot of development going on, and it seems like there is, um, let's say, maybe some tech happening or some some convention centers or there, there are things happening in terms of the economy in Ramini that stretch beyond maybe just tourism. And also I think that that has led to housing developments popping up. We see cranes around, we see modern housing. So not these like either beach style kind of apartments or apartments that are similar uh, to any old European city, but you see like new stuff, right. contemporary stuff. Yeah, I, and I think that that would be where I would want to live. Um, I wouldn't want to be by the beach because it could get crazy or probably is crazy in the summer. Yeah. The old city's pretty, but you're also going to catch the tourists. Like like right now, this time of year. I like the old city. Yeah, I like the old city too, but right now, this time of year, it, the old city's busier. You would think, obviously, because the weather's not good to go to on the beach. So yeah. especially like when we've been here at night. Uh, it's busy restaurants and stuff. It's a nice buzz. Yeah. We got the Christmas markets and everything. We got the mold wine and everything. Um, but I want to be. I think I don't think I'd want to be too close to this area. I think being in one of the more modern um, apartments, just a little bit outside of the old city, would be a nice location. I agree with that, and I think here's the interesting thing. I think that Rumini is a place that is walkable and flat from the beach to the old city and around. Really, that you don't need a car. However. I think you'd want a car. Yeah, it still does seem like a car culture. It very much seems like a car culture. I think that there's adequate parking as well, although it can be a bit tricky. Like on along the beach, there's some spots where maybe the parking is parallel, which is not Kaylee's favorite. Then it's also tight. 
There's, but, there are parking spots, though. That one yeah, yeah. road that goes along the beach, it's like spots. But I think where it's located in Italy, if you want to pull out your maps, uh, it would give people the ability to travel via car to some pretty unique places that maybe buses and trains don't go. If you are totally against using cars and you just want to travel by plane, train, um, Not bus, automobile. <laughs> then Ramini would be okay. You yeah. would be just fine. There the train is, comes through here. I know. The train Easy. comes through here. And also, we discovered uh, just the other day that there's a metro, which blew my mind. Yeah. I don't even know where it goes. Well, I, it actually has a lot of – I did. It, it actually has a lot of stops. Um, I think because it doesn't necessarily have a stop – well, not right, not where we're staying on the beach area – it doesn't have a stop there, but it does a little further north, I think it was. Um, so a decent amount of stops. But yes, that was interesting. And I think that that shows how big it actually is to have a metro. And it's not just like a, a beach metro that you could say has like two little tram stops or something. It's like a legit metro. Yeah. I mean, you might be wondering like, why don't these guys Why don't these guys know there's a metro in the, in the city that they're staying in? The reason is, is because we have rented a car. So right. if, you, if you missed last episode where we talked about driving into San Marino and seeing San Marino, uh, while staying here in Rumini, um, that's why. Yeah, so we have a car, and it, again, it's really walkable and flat. So yeah, you, could, you could easily walk. The weather's been nice, you know, cool but not rainy or anything like that. So, right. um, so definitely easy to walk. But right, we have a car, so we haven't needed the metro to get around. Uh, another thing too, as far as public transportation goes, is we have seen buses that go between Rumini and San Marino. Yep. We talked about that uh, last week's episode about San Marino. That's right. So that is something cool that if you wanted to not drive, if you want that duty free shopping. Yeah, you just take you can take the bus in. Mm-hmm. So that's a cool option that they give. Um, so Rumini also having an airport. It's a small one, but they have an airport. It's not that far from Bologna because that's actually where we picked our car up and we drove from Bologna to Rumini. Yep. Um, so that gets you into a bigger city or airport if you need it. Yeah, and that drive was hundred and no, I think it was like an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah, hundred miles. Yeah, it was an hour and a half. Yeah, easy drive on the the highway, toll road. Um, I think it was eight fifty between the two. I rings so. a bell. Yeah, um, the tolls. By the way, if you do drive, um, at least this one, you drive through. You pick up a a ticket. ticket. Yeah, on the, on the front end. And then when you exit, you pay the toll. Yeah, actually, I forgot which is different to ask, than Portugal. Yeah, because Portugal has the Via Verde mainly, right? Well, you just have go through the yeah, you you have the one where you can pass through if you have a transponder, and it just takes away money. Yeah, but also you do have uh, some spots on Via Verde where or on the highway where if you don't have the Via Verde, you stop and pay. You stop and you pay. Euro yeah, yeah. It's more like that. Whatever it is. Right, because actually I, when I picked up the car in Bologna, I forgot to ask about that because normally when we – like if we rent a car in Portugal, uh, I ask to get the Via Verde in there. So it's normally in there that you have to have it activated, but it's so much easier because it is – there are a lot more of those stations where either you just drive through it with the Via Verde or you have to stop. And so it's yeah. not worth having like having to stop and you know change or your card or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I totally forgot to ask about that in Bologna, seeing that we would be going through tolls, but it actually uh, didn't, didn't even matter. need it. Didn't yeah. It didn't matter. Paid with our card. There's a, yeah. like a contactless. Yeah, you just uh, pop sensor. the ticket in. And, yeah, and then you pay. So you only actually stop twice on the front end and the back end. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was that was pretty easy with the car rental stuff. And speaking of car rentals, real quick before we move on, we did have to pay a supplement to be allowed 
legally to go into San Marino. Yeah, that's definitely something to be aware of because we did the same thing in Andorra when we did this um, series at the end of season one when we were in Spain and we went to Andorra. Um, Just letting the car rental know if you're crossing a border from where the country you've picked it up, you do need to let them know that because you generally do have to pay some small supplement. And is it about insurance? Yes, it's. I think it's an insurance thing. So it's not that you have to have like you know if you opt out. Yeah, if you opt out of the insurance or whatever, it's still fine. But you you do need to let them know that you're doing that, and it is some type of insurance thing. I'm pretty sure, Mm. which ended up working out for us well. (laughs) That we told them uh, in Spain for Andorra because uh, a car hit us in Andorra. Yes. So. You know, for us, we had to go through that legal, you know, to get get our money back. Um, so it was good that we told them on the front end that we were going into Andorra because the accident happened in Andorra. So when we had to um, claim that. Yeah, I wish off the top of my head I knew what episode that was because I would shout that out. But um, it's we'll the put end that, of season one. We'll put that in the one. Yeah. yeah. End of season one. Uh, that was towards the end of the trip as well. So mm-hmm. it's probably the later ones. Fortunately, anyway. no wrecks yet. <laughs> no, Rex, yet. We've been into San Marino uh, a couple times at this point and nothing, nothing yet. So that's good. Hopefully we can get through the rest of the trip. <laughs> Let's talk more about Ramini in and of itself, give people an idea of what it's like, um, yeah, apart from the walkability and all that. What yeah. do you think? I really liked it, actually. But I mean, I, you know, I grew up in Florida. Yep. I didn't grow up on the beach, but went to the beach a lot. So I like that beach vibe. I do think it would get annoying during the summer. Um, I'm not necessarily like a person who likes to vacation like that, like go, you know, a week to the beach and deal with that. Right. Um, but I really liked it in the off season because there were still people, people working out, um, people eating, their, you know, restaurants and stuff were open. Wait, people were eating? Well, you know, like restaurants were open. It wasn't yeah. a ghost town. You no, know? it wasn't. There's, right. There are, I think in Portugal as well, there are a lot of beach towns that are ghost towns in the winter. Well, also, I was going to say, compared to Bologna, we didn't need a reservation to go into any restaurants here. Yes, that's so, so true. So it that wasn't, was you know, it wasn't like we were getting caught out with not having reservations and being turned away at places. I don't think that happened. It wasn't now, that busy. So. Now, the... What, we P- did wait. Padini, the, I was going to say, yeah. P- Pidini, whatever it's called, that sandwich, yeah. that place that was like on the map which yeah. we didn't know. We didn't know that this place was quasi-famous for- Food Network. They were on the Food, food, food Network. Food Network, but yeah. a couple other, like, yeah. a couple other like, European publications had visited there and recommend uh, this one dish that they have. I'm going to try to pull it up so I can get the name of it. The sandwich. But um, we went there, and we did have to wait. And I think that was largely down to the fact that sitting outside was- just too cold. Yeah, there so, were there were seats outside, but with so there Sia, was a table that was yeah, about was to cool. leave, and they said, "Hey, you know, if you want this table, just wait a couple minutes. These guys are just finished finishing, their coffee, the, yeah, and then they'll leave." And we only waited like ten minutes or so. It wasn't that bad. And honestly, outside wasn't terrible, and um, we just didn't want to do it, you know, for the long term for sitting for a whole meal. And since that table was almost done, we're like, "Yeah, that's fine. We can just wait." But I would say also around here. Uh, with the outdoor seating that they do have, they have those heaters, which is really nice. Yeah. So actually, we went to one place and we were sitting by a heater and Sia was like, it's too hot. Um, so we had to move her. We put her right by because we thought, well, she'll want to be right there. But we moved her and then we actually asked them to turn it down a little bit. Um, so the weather has been really good in the sense that um, 
during the day, it's been sunny. So we've walked along the beach. I would not get in the water. Actually, we haven't even touched the water, but I assume it's really cold. Um, but I don't know, maybe some other people would be into that. Um, but yeah, into, into, the, into getting in the cold water. The name of the restaurant is Lela, and the dish is a Pidine. Pidine? Spell it. Uh, I lost it. Where is this silly thing? P-I-A-D-E. Yeah, yummy. Piade. Yummy. Piade. They have all different types, too. Um, anyway, so what I was saying with the weather, uh, sunny during the day, easy to walk on the beach and everything, and then cool at night, but not not cold, not frigid. Um no, we haven't had any rain or anything. So overall, I think the weather's been really good. So if, you, if you're not going to a place for the beach and for that type of vacation, but you want to experience the vibe, the off-season in Ramini has been really nice. Yeah. I think. I've no, been, absolutely. I've been happy with it. I think that uh, the people have been very warm. Um, yeah. Easy, easy to communicate with because yeah, everybody we've come it. across has been so fluent in English. Right. I mean, I think because tourism is so big here, right? So Italians yeah. go here, but it seems like other uh, nationalities, yeah, from Europe go here. So I think they're they're quite used to speaking English. Worldpost.io is powered by Anytime Mailbox, which means you can get your mail anytime, anywhere, even on your smartphone. And they really have competitive pricing with their lowest package starting at $5 per month. Here's a cool feature they have. WorldPost can relay things from the U.S. to Europe, so that includes documents, <laughs> Amazon purchases, Amazon from the purchases, US. <laughs> and you can get it to Portugal. And they have a variety of packages. Some include secure shredding, free junk mail filters, and things like that. I bet you love that junk mail filter. Oh, lots of junk mail. I sign up for a lot of newsletters. <laughs> She's not joking. So if you're interested in worldpost.io, you can visit the website or check the link in the show notes below. Okay, let's talk about Lusitana Dreams because what they're offering is really great. Yeah, it definitely is. And Dallas actually has grown Lusitano Dreams since we first met him. So he's really getting his process dialed in. The thing that I like about it is it removes the barrier and, and choke point of the proof of accommodation because that's been one of the biggest things that the D7 and the D8 for the, like the long-term people have had problems with, right? Yeah, it's definitely something that is really hard to lock yourself into sight unseen. But here you can have a legitimate contract. You can rest assured that it's going to be a soft landing because you're coming into a furnished place in a good location, in a livable location, until you can kind of get your bearings and figure out where you really want to live. And the cool thing about it is that they can start your lease when you arrive. So you're not like burning a few months of, of cash essentially paying for an apartment or paying for a lease that you're not using. Yeah, that's one that's really hard to negotiate, trying to get a lease that starts when you want to arrive and not when you are actually applying. So the fact that they offer that as a service to where you're not, like you said, burning those months saves you a lot of money. Yep, Lusitano Dreams offers visa-friendly proof of accommodation. So that could be for the D7 visa or the D8 visa. And their properties include detached houses, apartments, room rentals as well in different locations like Lisbon, Cascais, Lule, and they're expanding too. So uh, soon to be Porto and quite possibly Silver Coast. Yeah, which is really exciting. So check out Lusitano Dreams for more information. We have a link in the show notes below. Mm -hmm. 
The cuisine here, though, I mean, I know that I just spoke about the, the sandwiches. The cuisine here is, I think, one of the best regions in Italy. Like The region. So not necessarily Romini, but like the region. Yeah. But I mean, Romini has the food from the region. So the food in uh, Emilia Romagna is like top, 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 top. Such good food. We had all good meals, really. And the prices weren't cheap by any stretch of the imagination, but they also weren't expensive. Yeah. So you would generally think like going to a place that is known for tourism, you would have expensive meals, but it wasn't the case here. No. No, it's been good. Um, and I think maybe maybe what goes up during the the high season and the summer is going to be hotels. Yeah. That stuff's probably a lot more expensive, but during the off season, it's quite reasonable. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Drinks were fairly normal. I mean, I feel like across Italy, we've noticed beer prices are a bit high, especially in rest, um, hotels rather than, you know, bars. Yeah. We didn't go out to that many bars. Well, I didn't have a lot of beer because we're in Italy, so I'm doing wine. But yeah. I did go on my rant Aperol a couple of episodes ago yeah, about, about the chintzy wine pours. So if you How want to you hear. How about chintzy pours and Ramini? Same, same? Uh, I'm trying to think. I think it's been the same standard. Yeah. Although we were somewhere just recently, you're like, that's a good pour. That was, yeah. that was in I San Marino. Was at the hotel. Oh, oh, no, no. I think it yeah, might have been San Marino. San we Marino. were commenting, no, right. that's right, on that uh, bar in San and how San Marino had better pours in Italy. So we thought that was funny. But it's not Italian. That's true. It's so. not. Um, but yes, if you want to hear about our, my big take on uh, Italian wines and their pours and the prices and all that stuff, that was two episodes ago, I think, right? In Bologna. Yeah. Bologna one. So, mm -hmm. so okay. I won't go into that so again. So <laughs> 150,000 people is the population of Romini. It's got to be like one of those things in the high season, though, like how That's Algarve is, right? Balloons in the high season. I mean, Algarve is known for a lot of the places being sleepy uh, or just kind of maybe normal feeling in the winters. And then we had a Portuguese friend tell us that like it goes up like in the millions or something of how many people flock, yeah. especially during the August, I think is a big, big time, but during the summer. Um, so you imagine that it's like that there. Yeah. It might be fun though. And I think a lot of people like like that. I mean, we see that, you know, your family, for example, 4th of July would go to Daytona every, every year. year. And that's that's a thing that they like to do. It gets busy. A lot of families do that, but... Uh, that's the kind of vacation you like. So if you like that kind of vacation, uh, then I would definitely go to Romini during the summer if you like the, that buzz of the beach. That'd be a good place. I, I agree. I mean, it obviously is dependent on hotel prices. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, the rest of it, it does not seem like it would be an expensive vacation. But let's talk a little more about living there, like if, if one could live there. Yeah. So 150,000 people. Uh, the foreign population is 18,396. I know that's an exact number. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's he did not just pull that out of his head. He, he He's looking that up right um, now. 12.5% of the total population is, is foreign-born. That's interesting. You know, most of it is is Eastern Europe, East Asia, and North Africa. So, What do you think they're in the service industry? Areas. What do you think's drawing drawing foreigners there? What kind of industry? Service, well, right? I mean, okay, so the numbers that I see, you have the, let's say, the top three um, groups, nationalities, Albanian, Romanian, and Ukrainian. Uh, All the Adians. <laughs> 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 I'm not going to go there. Uh, 3,500 
uh, almost 3,000 and 2,400 for the, for the one, two, and three. And then you have Chinese at 1,200. Um, so, so right there you have, you know, people from, let's call it Eastern Europe that have migrated into, uh, Italy over the course of time, because it's, it's pretty common to find those nationalities working further West. And I assume it's for work. I assume it's to earn better incomes. Yeah. Right. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, yeah, looking at that. Albanian, and it's not too Romanian, far from their home country if they're not, right. if they're looking to just be there for a short term or to find um, better salaries, right. maybe to go back. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's common like when you, when you look at Portuguese, where do they go? Portuguese go to Spain, the UK, and Luxembourg, and, aren't they? And Luxembourg uh, and, <laughs> big population. Switzerland. Yeah. Right? Those are kind of like the yeah. four that we hear about. Uh, Portuguese going, so I think that for for people from Albania, Romania, U- Ukraine, it's Italy would be kind of one of the first places because of the economy there. Yeah, um, like maybe better than Greece. I think you'd probably get a lot uh, oh, in sure, Greece as I'm well. Sure you do. But sure you do. but the right. economy in Italy, Italy, yeah, Italy. I think yeah, they've got a better job market. Wages are higher for sure. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Uh, so. We didn't see that many people that we at least could recognize from Eastern Europe. However, it did seem like there was a decent you know, Chinese population. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. And a lot of Chinese tourists. Right. Or, or Asian tourists in general, Chinese, South Korean. Interesting. I wonder how that gets on their radar to go, Good to question. go there. Um, well, even remember the one night in the hotel, it was like they were just checking in for the night. It was a stopover. There was a big group, right. yeah, that came in and then they were just staying there for one night. We heard the receptionist say just one night. Um, so yeah, maybe a stopover uh, in between a place that they're going. But but honestly, I think it's worth more than just a stopover. Well, let's talk about how much it's worth because it's that time. I think we've gone through enough of like our perceptions of the place that I need to ask you the question. Ramini, would you expat that? I'm going to say yes. I would. I really liked it. Okay. Like I was saying before, I wouldn't want to live on the beach because I think it would be too much during the summer. And maybe you'd go away during the summer uh, and just enjoy the beach in the shoulder seasons. Uh, the old city can get a little busy as well. It's cute. But I would live right outside the old city area okay. in a newer, more contemporary apartment. Yep. Um, it's not that big, but I think that it had a good variety of amenities. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's decently connected. Train travel would be easy to get north or south. Yes. Um, walkable. I would say yes. I would live in Romini. The okay. food? The food. The food. What about you? Well, I'm not going to give a direct answer. I mean, I can give a direct answer, but I think I would, I'm not saying no. So that that's kind of a vote for a yes. I think I would want to go back one more time at a different point of the year to see how it was. But if I had an opportunity to, to move there, like if it was a good job opportunity or something, I would definitely go. Yeah. I, I think I saw enough of my time here where it's an interesting place. But, you know, if I had a little more time or one more visit to make, then I could really make my mind up. But it's definitely not a no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> definitely been, not a no. We've been to places where – you know, within a day or two, you're just like, yeah, no, this isn't for me. Yeah, you can definitely feel it. So Romini's not that that one, but but no. I'll be there. So you'll be there. You get so a job offer. I'll be there. Or I'll be here. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Did you look up schooling already for? No, Valencia? that's another thing always to consider is what what uh, school options are like. 
I wouldn't know, huh? I guess I'm not sure what all. Would I would be guess there. in a in a place of 150,000 people, there's probably not a lot of uh, international school options. Probably not. It, nope. You know, it's it's not a um, it's not a, a hub, right? Like an international hub. Yeah, that would definitely be. Something which is really what you need when you're when you're talking about those types of options. Yeah. So while it has a lot of amenities for most people, uh, for families. Might be that harder. Are looking for international yeah. school options, um, you know, that might be more difficult. That's true. International schools. If you're looking, maybe I'm sure there's private schools, and if you get into the public system, but like we talked about in another episode with the public system, uh, you know, if you're moving around every few years or so, sometimes it's hard to get into the public system of a specific country because then if you're going to move to a different country, then getting into the public system there, there's going to be differences. And so that can be tricky for a kid. It can be. So we have wrapped up our uh, whistle-stop tour of Italy yep. for the winter. And we really want to hear from you. If you can leave us a comment and let us know what you felt about the series, if you've heard the Spain series and, and now kind of comparing the two. Um, I feel like we did this one a little differently because we weren't in the car. Yeah, that one I was driving. Around. Um, but it, it still felt good to kind of unpack what we're experiencing here and put this little time capsule together. So. Maybe in the future, when we move to Romini, we can. <laughs> we'll go back and be like, why did why did we move here? <laughs> yeah. But yes, no, if you want to check out the Spain um, series, we'll have that in the description section below or the show notes. Any uh, final thoughts, Kaylee? I don't think so. I think this is fun. So we've done Spain, we've done Italy, and I think we've chosen. Where do you these want us places. to go next? Yeah, that's the thing. Is like I know that we have a lot of you listeners are interested in Portugal, but then you're also it unlocks Europe for you in the sense that maybe you're just going to travel or one day would like to move somewhere else. And we know that Spain and Italy are two really good options. So we've done Spain, well, the northern part of Spain, really, like I guess northeast, so some of the smaller places, right? Yes. We've done the northern-ish part of Italy, trying to do a little more not the common places, but a little off the beaten path. So then, yes, listener, let us know where should we take you guys next so that you can experience it through the podcast. Thanks for joining us on this adventure. Now, let's get moving. Bye. Bye. So, listener, we know that you are preparing to move to Portugal. We did everything ourselves for the D7 visa. So we have a DIY D7 course. We also have a DIY remote worker course now since they've split those up. And if you're already here, we have a living in Portugal course for you. Now, the difference between the D7 and the D8 or the digital nomad visa course that you could get is if you have active income, you should be getting the digital nomad or D8 course. If you have passive income, you should be getting the D7 course. And we have a special promotion for anybody that is a listener of this podcast. If you type in podcast at checkout, you will get $15 off. So these will just guide you through exactly what you need. They stay up to date as things change. And once you purchase it, it's yours for life. So if you're not ready to go now, you can still get it and take a look and you can use it later on. And Kaylee is a mad lady and she is always updating the course so that it doesn't fall out of date. Well, I have to because they're always changing things and so it has to stay up to date. That's facts. Thank you so much for joining us this week on Let's Move to Portugal. 
Contact info for all the services mentioned are in the show notes. If you like the show, please subscribe. If you love the show, please tell a friend, connect with us on our socials, and if you want to help us out, give us a review on your podcast player. Expats Everywhere Presents Let's Move to Portugal is produced by Time or Money Productions. Expats Everywhere researches our guests, and we do our best to provide factual and relevant information at the time of the recording. Despite our best efforts, we can make no guarantees as to the accuracy of what you've heard in this episode. We highly recommend that you do your own research and check your own facts.